welcome to Oasis Community Church. Welcome if you're with us for the first time. Um, you can use the chat option at the bottom uh, to introduce yourself. That'd be lovely. And you do use that as well if you feel that God is, um, you want to share anything that God's saying to you uh, throughout the service. There'll also be on there a resource pack for the for the children that they can use during the service or afterwards if they wish to. Um, just to start it off this morning, I'm going to share Psalm 95. And that's a call to praise. And it says, come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout praises to the rock who saves us. Let's come to him with thanksgiving and sing songs to him because the Lord is a great God. He's a great king over all gods. The deepest places on earth are his and the highest mountains belong to him. The sea is his because he made it and he created the land with his own hands. Come, let's worship now and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord who made us because he is our God. And we are the people he takes care of, the sheep that he tends. So we're going to have a, a song now for the younger ones and the not so younger ones. So do join in and um, let's shout praises to our God and enjoy the rest of the service.
morning church i hope you enjoyed that little dance around this morning as we just come to worship god and uh god's really been speaking me to me this week through some songs and um, so we've got a few new ones today but just really hear the lyrics and hear how god will speak to you through them and we ask the holy spirit now to come and fill this time of worship together amen
deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son to make a wretch His Which mother chosen one bring many sons to glory? Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear. Church, just as we're worshipping, 
was just asking God, what do you want to, what do you want to show to us? What do you want to reveal about your nature and your character? And um, just while we're singing, and I just feel the peace and the rest of God, um, and I just think he, he, He's showing His nature and He's revealing His rest. And I just want to encourage you. Uh, I just wonder if we can just sing the first verse of that song. And, and as we do, let's just let's just allow the peace and the rest of God to come upon us because that's his presence. I'm reminded in, in Exodus 33 when when Moses is, is petitioning God and saying, you've got to lead us, God. If you don't go with us, then we're not going. And uh, in, in verse 14, uh, the Lord responds, says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But we have this idea that the presence of God is his rest and we can pursue rest but we won't find it outside of his presence so god right now we invite your presence into every home into every household right now gathered bubble whatever whatever you're gathering together with right now whether you're on your own we just ask you god will your presence just fall because where your presence is there's rest come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest so god in this moment rest from rest from the constant thinking and processing rest from the anxiety rest from the constant need to do something the constant need to achieve will you just pour out your presence right now rest from the worries of the circumstances that surround rest that from the thoughts that we don't measure up in this moment god are you really accepting my prayer and my worship right now rest from all of that just god will you pour out your presence as you pour out your presence there we find rest so we invite your presence right now let's just let's just let the the words of that first verse let's just let wash that over us uh, as we prepare to go and dive into god's word in a few minutes but let's just let these words just wash over us as we rest in his presence right now deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch his and just let those words of what Jesus has done sink in. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all Mother chosen one, 
Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, we can rest. Lord, today is, is known as a day of rest. We can rest knowing that you have paid the price, that you have made a way, that it's not based on our performance. I just want to encourage you this morning. Faith in who God in God's goodness more than our brokenness. That God can take our brokenness, surrender to Him, and He says it's dealt with. A way has been made. Come enter in. Come and know me. Come and enter into a rest. So we just we just pray in God's presence this morning. God's presence that brings His rest. God's presence that brings freedom. God's presence that brings a joy. God's presence that brings forgiveness. God's presence that brings a release. God's presence that sees healing. God's presence that sees deliverance. Just pray in God's presence this morning. So I, I just, I want to keep this atmosphere of worship just as we gather around God's word, we're going to continue to worship. Worship doesn't stop when we stop singing uh, as we gather around God's word and we, we seek to draw closer to him through that and hear him speak to us. It's an act of worship. Uh, and so I encourage you, um, we're, we're going to continue into our series in Joshua. Uh, we want to leave a bit of time at the end just for uh, for ministry and see what God wants to do. So if you want to, if you sense God is sharing something through this uh, this morning, uh, maybe something stands out for you. Uh, maybe there's a verse or, uh, that comes to mind as we're speaking or a picture that you sense just could be from God to encourage. That's the one criteria. Let's encourage each other. Uh, if you've got a video, you might want to send it to your connect group leader or into your connect group chat and they can forward it on um, to, to Phil who can make it. Uh, play this morning uh, if anyone's got anything they want to share uh, so I'd encourage you let's 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 expect God to be speaking this morning maybe open up your phone and get the, the app uh, that allows you to take notes or maybe you're old school get a pen and paper uh, let's expect God to speak this morning uh, I grew up in the Church of England and uh, the faithfulness in that church was just incredible the, the 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 inheritance and and something they used to do at the start of many services the person leading the service would would make a declaration of faith and they would say the Lord is here and then all the people in the congregation would shout back his spirit is with us uh, I want to make a declaration this morning that the Lord is here his spirit is with us and he's wanting to speak and he's wanting to minister and he's wanting uh, to, to to posit some stuff into our life uh, and so let, let's come with an expectation uh, that the Lord is here his spirit is with us and so we're, we're diving into Joshua. If you grab your Bibles, Joshua chapter one, for those that have missed it, uh, we're, we're, we're stepping into our inheritance. Just sense there's a season shift. Sometimes God brings about changes uh, and things start to shift. Seasons start to change and something in God that we're saying for us as a church, but maybe also for you individually, there's just this season of shift and change. And so we've explored what it is that our inheritance is. That our inheritance, yes, it's an eternal life, but that doesn't start when we die. We actually get to possess some of the promise now uh, and we need to step into that. Uh, and last week we, we explored the, the first words that God speaks to Moses, where he says, Joshua, uh, uh, sorry, he speaks to Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead. And we explored that those things that have been defining us from the past, that which has been intimidating us, good or bad, it, it's dead and we have to let it stay dead. All too often we dig up that which God has said is dead and we let it dictate our present to the point that it determines our future. But God's first words to, to Joshua are Moses is dead. I encourage you, if you've missed it, we're kind of piecing together a bit of a jigsaw in this. So um, you might want to go back and listen. All of the stuff's online that you can listen to. But we're going to pick up Joshua 1. 
Uh, we only got a, a, what, Moses is dead, three words done last week. So we'll try and get a bit more done this week. But Joshua chapter one, starting in verse one, down to verse five, I think it'll come up on the screen. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. I want to speak this morning uh, from, from, from two words, but we'll, we'll pick up more than that. Two words where, where God says to Joshua, now arise. That's what I want to speak into this morning. Now arise. Now, you might be watching this in your pajamas. It's the wonders of church online. You can probably still be lying in bed. So this is a word for you. Now arise. Uh, I'm only joking. You can stay in bed if you want to. But uh, there's, we know there's a difference, isn't there, between waking up and arising. So you can you can wake up for those of you that are like a good lion, you can wake up and you can kind of be aware of what's going on around you. But you can still be horizontal. You can still be in that beautiful dozing state. I'm not able to doze when, when I wake up. I'm awake. Uh, I struggle to doze, but I wish I could doze. But there's those that just lie in bed and you're awake, but you haven't yet arisen. See, there's a difference between awaking and arising. Arising means movement. It means getting up. It means repositioning. There's a change of posture towards that which is in front of you. God is calling us in this moment not just to be awake to what he's doing, but to arise into what he is doing. And so I want to speak into that a little bit this morning where God says to Joshua, now, therefore, arise. This is a moment. This is the moment for the people of God. It is a now moment. And God is saying to them, you've got to step into that which has been promised for 40 years. You've been wandering longer than that since the promise, six, seven hundred years since this promise. Uh, and now is the moment in the wilderness, in slavery. You've been waiting, but now arise. There's a shift. There's a change of posture towards that which is in front of you. It's a shift in thinking, no longer simply being awake to what God is doing, but arising into what God is doing now. See, now moments are significant moments. Now moments don't come around all the time. But now moments are moments of change. They're moments of transition. Something's going to shift for Joshua and the people of God. What's been a generation's expectation and experience is now going to change. Now arise, God says. I want to explore this, this moment for Joshua, this now arise moment, this, this God moment for Joshua, and let it speak into where we find ourselves today. Because there can be so many stories that we hear going on around us, the story of culture, the story of our experiences, that the story of God can get drowned out. But I want us to focus in on the story of God and how that speaks into where we find ourselves this morning. Now arise. And what we see with this now moment is that now moments are moments when God speaks. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, now therefore arise. It's God that says arise. It's not Joshua saying to the people, come on, this is a defining moment. This is a significant moment. Let's get it going. Uh, it's not the leader deciding now is the time. Come on, pack up your tents, put your pots away. We're going to move. This is God saying now arise. When God speaks, things start to shift. Atmospheres start to change when God says now. 
circumstances can change. 40 years of wandering can become crossing over moments when it's God that says, now arise. And it's a word from God. Listen to this. It's a word from God that gives Joshua the power to break from the past. Moses is dead. Now arise. It was no, no, no personal fortitude on Moses's part, on Joshua's part. Sorry. It's not some mental and emotional resolve that enables him. It's not some, some amazing experience that enables him to go, the past is dead, I've got to move on. It is a word from God. Now arise, leave that which is behind, step into what's before you. God can do in a moment what we've struggled to do in years. When God speaks, there is power. Planets are formed, storms cease, blind eyes open. Past can be released. Unforgiveness can be let go of. Uh, 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 hurt and, and pain that we carry can loosen its grip when God speaks. Joshua hears from God in this moment. He hears God speak. See, up to this moment, Joshua has heard God speak through Moses. If you go back to Deuteronomy 3, Deuteronomy 3, I think it's verse 28. It might come up on the screen. We see that, that uh, yeah, that's, that's the one. God is speaking to, uh, um, to, to Moses in this moment. And he says to Moses, now you go and speak to Joshua, but charge Joshua and encourage him, strengthen him, tell him he's going to be the one that's going to go over. God speaks to Moses to go and speak to Joshua. But now there's a moment where at the beginning of Joshua, where God says, I'm going to speak to you. There's a maturing in, in, in Joshua's relationship with God where he says, I'm speaking to you. And what we need is we need to cultivate a relationship where God is maturing us to hear from him for ourselves. And that's what the key is in this moment, that God can speak, but we need to be able to listen. We need to have a relationship with God that is listening to him speaking. Our spouse cannot do that for us. The elders of the church cannot do that for us. A sermon once a week cannot do that for us. A devotional, listening to worship music, they cannot do it for us. They are all fantastic and they all enrich and strengthen us and encourage us. But they cannot do the work of deepening your relationship with God, learning to hear his voice. That is yours alone. We have to cultivate a relationship with God. Yes, in community. Absolutely. Scripture makes that so clear. We cannot be isolated on our own. But this is not instead of this, but as well as this, is there something about that secret hidden place where it's me and Jesus learning to hear his voice, the silence and the solitude. A few minutes when we wake up in the morning and we choose to pray and we arise into his presence and we seek his presence, choosing to read some scripture before bed or taking a moment uh, to pause during the day and just letting our mind be cast to his faithfulness and his goodness. These moments are moments when we pursue an encounter and not an experience. Where it's no longer about a feeling and we're getting something good out of it that makes us, uh, uh, that means our expectations are being met, that we get what we want and life is fantastic and they've sung the songs that we love and the preacher has stirred me. It's no longer about an experience, but it's about an encounter because it's about Jesus, about seeking him first, about seeking the king and his kingdom. And so we, we step into those moments where we have an encounter with him and we learn to hear his voice. And it starts with giving your life to Jesus. We can't do that without surrendering our life to him, saying, Jesus, you're in control of my life. I give everything to you. And it's learning to, to understand what it is to speak to Jesus and how to listen to him. And it's formed in the hidden place. It's formed in that secret place. See, we live in a world that puts everything on display. The best of me is put on display. 
But for us in our, in our life and our walk with Jesus, it should be the tip of the iceberg that the world sees. What is below the surface, those times that we cultivate that relationship with God in the secret place where, with the Father. In Matthew 6, Jesus says in verse 6, he says, when you go into your room, shut the door when you go into pray. It's something of a secret place. It's a hidden place where we learn his voice and no one can do that for us. And we see it in the life of Jesus. He's baptized in the public space, but instantly goes into the wilderness where he's alone. His obedience is tested in that place. His experience is the power of the word of God in standing against the devil. And he emerges from that obscurity with an authority because it's been formed in the hidden place. I just want to speak into this past 12 months has been a hidden place for so many. It's been a challenging, isolating place, but there are some things that God has been forming individually, but also within us as a church where we're no longer uh, desiring any experiences because this is not the experience that we all want. We're not getting out of bed with the It's been a forming that takes place in this season. And we can't miss it. We don't want to miss that which God is doing in this season where he's forming something that goes beyond an experience to the place of encounter. And we need to learn to his, listen to his voice, because when God has formed something and then says, now arise, been forming something in Joshua. So many years of frustration of, of we're not going to get in this generation. We're not going to go into that which God has promised. He's not going to let bitterness come in, though. He's going to say, we're going to wait for God to speak. And when God speaks, we're going to have the ear to listen. God is forming something in that place. And when God speaks, now moments happen. See, now moments are moments when God speaks and we need to listen. Let me move on quickly. Now moments are moments that seem less than ideal. Notice the context of this now moment that God speaks to Joshua. He says, Moses is dead. Now arise. We spoke into the significance of that Moses is dead uh, moment last week, the, the impact that Moses was upon the people. Deuteronomy 34 just speaks of, of, of Moses being the, the greatest leader. There's no shine away from who he was. He's the one that, that spoke to God face to face. He's the one that God worked signs and wonders through. Surely that was prime time for the now arise moment. For if God was going to move with the people, that was the moment when circumstances were for them, when morale was high, when they could look around and say, we've got the greatest leader. The enemy is just drowned in the water behind us. We've got everything before us. We've got hope. We've got anticipation. Let's get going. But no, that isn't the moment. That isn't the moment where God says, now arise into that which I promised stepping into your inheritance. That moment's past. Moses is dead. See, now moments are moments that seem less than ideal. See, now moments when God moves, when renewal comes, those moments will not line up with the way that we see the world and the way that we need the world to be. See, we want everything to make sense, to be in a nicely ordered package that we can take off the shelf, unpack, apply to our life, and it all makes sense. But the, the move of God, the now moment of God is not about our comfort, but it's about our growth. It's not about our safety. It's about his glory. We never, his, his moments, those now moments will never come in ways that we expect. Look at Mary, 14 year old girl, now moment. The angel appears, this is what's going to happen. And, she, and she's like, all the circumstances in the world. And now is when uh, God is going to come incarnate in, in Emmanuel, God with us in this moment and deliver his people. Yeah, less than ideal circumstances. The move of God means stepping out of safety into destiny, which means moving away from comfort, moving away from safety. 
now moments are messy moments. They're, they're Moses' dead moments. They can be traumatic and hard experiences. So many have been through traumatic experiences over this past year. The nation in 2020, the, the world seems to be getting worse for some even more. And in the midst of those horrific moments, we can get so caught up in the pain, we can get so wrapped up in the loss that it consumes us. And we lose sight of what the story of God in that moment. And we, we don't stop and ask God, what are you doing? What are you forming in me? Where is this leading? But what we see here is there is leading somewhere, that pain and that loss. Moses is dead, but it's leading somewhere to a now moment. You see, Moses, my servant, is dead now. That pain and that loss that you didn't understand, now it's leading somewhere. That It's taking you somewhere. The disruption is a wake-up call to arise. See, sometimes we go through disruption and, and, and through moments where our, in that moment, our perception starts to shift. Everything seems confusing. Our solid ground seems to be shaking. What used to make sense is no longer making sense and is no longer clear anymore. And we can get caught up in the panic and the fear and the anxiety that seek to dominate everything that we thought we needed. And it starts to be removed and taken away and we're out of control and there's disruption. I want to encourage you, church. Those moments are leading somewhere. They're forming something and they're leading to now moments. Just look at the cross, complete disruption, complete confusion for the disciples pain and loss but it was leading somewhere to a now moment the stone was sealed across the cave then the first day of the week and mary comes to the tomb and she expects to anoint jesus's dead body but she encounters him resurrected no longer dead but alive there's a now moment that changes everything but the circumstances seem less than ideal things may not make sense right now but understand that now moments come when there's confusion, when we feel like everything doesn't line up with our way of the thinking and our way of seeing. For Joshua, Moses is dead. For Nehemiah, the city is destroyed. For Esther, the people are going to be killed. For Daniel, it's about living in exile. In our own movement as Elim, we can see the year was 1915. It could hardly have been less uh, promising season, a less, uh, less uh, opportune moment for the nation. They're reeling and they're in the midst of the horrors of the First World War. Yet in Monaghan Island, a small group of people invite a Welsh evangelist, George Jeffries, to come and hold some meetings. In the midst of confusion, chaos, less than ideal circumstances, there's a now moment. Circumstances are less than ideal, but there's a now moment. We can be so preoccupied with waiting for the perfect circumstances that we miss what God is doing and where it is leading. For some right now, there are circumstances that seem less than ideal, but God is forming in you. God is leading. There's a, there's a preparation that, that comes for you to have power into that which he's calling us into. God is forming you. He's shifting your expectations and your perceptions. And he's taking our way of seeing the world and expanding the vision that's before us. God is always doing that. He's always expanding the vision. When Jesus commissions his disciples, he says, go to Judea, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, love that hometown. Judea, fantastic. Our people, Samaria, not sure about that. We don't, we don't get on with the Samaritans. The ends of the earth, how are we going to get there? God's forming something. And in that now moment, he's expanding the vision and it can seem chaotic and confusing. But that's what God does. That's what God does. He expands that which we can see, that which is on a horizon, because the inheritance we're stepping into as we stand here on the bank, we cannot even perceive and understand the fullness of the inheritance that he's calling us into. Less than ideal circumstances, 
towards a vision far greater than we can grasp. Now moments are moments when God speaks and now moments are moments where things seem less than ideal. And finally, and this is where I'll land this morning. Now moments are moments of movement. They're moments when we arise. Now, therefore, arise. We have to move when God says now, when God speaks, it's disobedient to not arise in that moment. When we wake up, we don't stay lying down. We have to go into that which God is calling us. And if we look at verse three, look look at the promise that God says, he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I promised to Moses. You can see the promise of God. I've given it. It's there. He's spoken to Moses, but Moses is dead. But God's promise remains and the promise is there. But you now have to possess the promise. It requires movement. It requires you to go and put a foot Every place where the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you. There's the promise, but it requires you to go and put your foot in that place. It's an amazing promise. Where they go, God gives the land. Where they don't go, they don't get the land. But church, this is the challenge of the now moment. It requires us to take a step. God could have eliminated their enemies with a single thought because God can do whatever God wants to do. But he calls Israel into a partnership with himself to see his will be done. There's no longer everything been delivered to your doormat like an Amazon Prime delivery. This is about stepping out of our front door and stepping into that which is before us. What we see in this moment is a shift. And the shift is this. The shift goes from deliverance to inheritance. The shift is from receiving our deliverance to stepping into our inheritance. Let me let me show you the story. Let me explain what I mean. For the past 40 years, the people of God have not had to arise for themselves. What would happen is God would say, we're going to move. And what would happen is there was a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And that would start to move. And the people would know now we need to move. We follow the pillar. If it stopped, they stopped. When they were hungry, God provided, provided manna from heaven. They start to complain about manna. So he gives them quail. Everything is delivered. We see it. he delivers them from slavery. He is their deliverer. He's bringing them out and providing for them. But there comes a point, a point of maturity in God, where it's no longer about deliverance alone. Deliverance doesn't stop, but it's not simply about deliverance anymore. It's about stepping into our inheritance. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I'm giving them. God's still their deliverer. It's still God's land. He's saying, I've given it to you. It's mine to give. I'm still rescuing you. That doesn't stop. They can't earn the land. But then there's a a maturing that happens in verse three. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I promised to Moses. And people are like, whoa, hang on a sec. That, that's not how it works, God. We don't have to go and move. You do it for us. You lead the way and we just follow the cloud. Come on, that, that's how it works. That's what it's been up to all this time. But this And this generation, what's happened is they've grown up in the wilderness. And so there's a wilderness mentality. There can be a slave mentality. And what happens with the slave mentality is when you're a slave, you don't have to think for yourself. You don't have to do anything for yourself. You're chained up so you can't move unless the master says move. You can't do go and do whatever you want and go out for a, a drink with your friends outside or from Monday you're allowed to go inside. That's not a choice when you're a slave. Your food is brought to you. But when you're free, you have to step into some things. You get the choice about where you place your feet. There's a freedom to move. Not everything is being brought to them on a platter. No, this is about choosing to move and choosing where you're going to put your feet. God does not deliver us for slavery. He delivers us for, for freedom. Freedom to choose him, freedom to step into that which he's already promised us. You can't take a step without movement. You can't place your feet into the fullness of the promises of God by simply saying a prayer and sitting back and waiting for it to land from heaven. 
I wish that was how it worked, but there's a maturing that takes place. God does do that in our life. There's a point where he says the deliverance is now stepping into a freedom, stepping into an inheritance. We see it with Abraham in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. When we start to step into our inheritance, we have to take steps of faith. Abraham took steps of faith, stepping into his inheritance that he would receive. And we can look at people like Abraham and we think, ah, he was he was he was perfect, didn't have any doubt, didn't have any fear or uncertainty. But he was a human. He made stacks of mistakes. He was told to leave his homeland by himself, but he took his brother with him. He didn't leave everything behind. So he steps in and it's still there's that stepping in with fear and the stepping into the stuff that we still need to let go of. But there's a stepping into the faith requires a step. And it doesn't mean that the fear suddenly disappears. Faith isn't the absence of fear. It's the presence of a stronger trust in a greater God. And you might think, I don't have that kind of capacity for faith. I can't trust God like that with the things in my life, with the circumstances that I've got going on with us as a church. But I want to encourage you and say, I think we display greater faith than we realise. See, for those, if you've got a smart device in your home, Maybe you've got Alexa or Siri or Google Assist and apologies if some of those devices now suddenly firing up in your home. When I say Alexa, it's going to cause chaos in your home. I apologize for that. But when we've got an Alexa at home and when we ask something, we ask something of that device by faith and we expect a response from the bank of information that that device holds. We ask something and we expect a response. And I expect it in faith. When we don't get it, in fact, I'm a little bit when, when she comes back to me and says, I'm sorry, I don't know that. I'm like uh i think you do that, that that's not acceptable you've got you've got the power to know what the answer is to that see we have faith i have faith that when i ask there's going to be a response so i've got faith with alexa and we see with abraham moses joshua the disciples and we think they had more faith than i could ever have church we have faith we exercise faith we just need to put that in god you've shown amazing faith over this past year as you open up a laptop on a Sunday morning or when you have connect group and we expect to encounter God and journey with each other. There is faith that has been displayed. We need to continue and increase in faith as we step out into these now moments. As we arise, we we step towards God and what God has promised. But just like Alexa requires me to ask, now moments require us to move. For some, we're not experiencing the fullness of who God says we are because we're expecting God to bring us deliverance rather than stepping into the faith of what he's already given us. We might expect doors to be open, but we're not stepping towards the doors that are right in front of us. We desire to see the spirit of God move, but we expect others to bring the word to us. We expect others to share the picture. We expect others to take a step of faith. When we say, God, are you speaking in our community? We expect the others to bring the picture when actually God is speaking to us. And we need to share with faith that which we think he's, he's saying to us. We might want to step uh, from, the from the pain of the past, but we're not willing to step into forgiveness. It requires movement and movements of faith. We remain living in old patterns of thinking and old patterns of behavior, just longing for God to set us free. And what God has already said is you've got the land. You need to step into it. If you look at verse four of Joshua one, God outlines the territory that he's already given the people from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. They can look at that land and say, don't look like it's ours, God. You know, there's the enemy over there in Jericho, they've got Canaanites over here. There's no way this land is ours. 
but God says it's yours. They had to arise in faith. They had to step into that which God said he had already given them. Even if in the natural, it doesn't look like it. it requires faith. But faith in God is infinitely more powerful and trustworthy than faith in some smart device. Church, there are lands in our life that God has already given us. Identity in who we are in him. And we think it's occupied by the enemy but he's only got squatters rights. We need to step into it. And when you say, this is mine, I'm claiming it. I am a child of God. He's calling me to participate with him in seeing the coming of his kingdom. Maybe you've given up thinking you can ever experience victory. But if God has promised it, then the land is yours, but it requires us to take a step. The land for the people of God, it was theirs, but it required the people to do something because they're not slaves anymore. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. They don't just need to wake up to what God is doing. They need to arise in to what God is doing, because there's a shift from deliverance to inheritance, from slave to free, from consumer to contender. And it's a massive mind shift change. And it means no longer sitting back, just asking God to deliver it to our lap so we can consume it. Instead, it means we have to contend. We have to say there's some areas that God has promised me and I'm going to press into that full inheritance. And this is not self-help. Self-help is no help at all. This is allowing the spirit of God to renew and reorder our thinking. So we step into the fullness of who we have always been before the father who God says you are already this. Now step into it. You've let your identity shift to be something over here. That is not who you are. We're calling you to step into who you are here that God has said you already are. The deliverance has already been made, but we need to step into the inheritance. Deliverance will always come to you, but our inheritance we have to step into. For Joshua, the pattern, uh, uh, the generation, for Joshua's generation, the pattern of deliverance that rescued them is not the pattern that will see them step into their inheritance. There is no cloud. There is no manna. There is no stepping. Uh, instead, there is stepping out and there is movement. They have to take a step towards. So now moments, and I want us to finish here. Now moments are moments of movement. They're moments that seem less than ideal and they're moments when God speaks. I think, church, that we are close to a now moment. I'm not sure when it'll happen. I'm not sure if it's going to be instant or over a long period of time. I don't know. But I sense something of what God is speaking to us as a church. That there is there is a now moment and we need to have ears to listen. We need to have eyes to see. And the promise of God as we step into those moments, Joshua 1.5, is that just as I will be with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. It's the amazing promise of his presence. Don't worry, Joshua. This isn't going to be a walk in the park. Stepping into our inheritance isn't a doddle. You're going to face some threatening circumstances. You're going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel like you're alone, but you need to know this. I have not left you and I have not abandoned you. Some of you need to hear that this morning. God has not abandoned you. The God who who gives the promise is the God who grants his presence. Victory is assured for the people of God, not because Joshua is a great leader or because Israel is a great nation, but because God is a great God. And he says to Joshua, I am with you. So right now in this moment, the next few moments we just want to invite the presence of God I really do believe there's an invitation uh, for a new season over our church and it's not one that I can dictate it's not one that I can force us to step into I'm simply sharing the word of God and offering an invitation I'm asking God to speak you need to hear from God you need to be able to see that in the midst of those less than ideal circumstances, maybe God is forming something. So my prayer is come, Holy Spirit, show us what you're forming in us. This moment requires movement. 
right now it requires movement maybe you sense God speaking something into you it requires movement it requires that we we in this moment we press into God we we make a step towards him I want to encourage you in this moment maybe maybe God's stirring something in you and you need to just stand or you need to kneel there needs to be some put your hands out there needs to be some put your hand on your heart there needs to be some movement right now we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit will you just come Holy Spirit and come and speak just want to wait on you to invite you right now. Come and move amongst your people. Come now. Just see right now, just, just want to keep just keep asking God to speak, but just sense that I've seen a picture of, of somebody's hands have gripped onto something and they're just letting go. The hands have just let go. And the invitation is to move over and pick something else up. In this moment, maybe you need to let go of something. There's a movement. Pick something up of God. So I encourage if you want to write things in the chat. Since God is wanting to speak. Yeah, I love that, Eddie. More in just the promises of God in him are yes and amen for the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1. And it's given a picture of like being a present. We can enjoy it. We can't enjoy it until we unwrap it and use it. Ah, I just sense God's got some gifts, the gifts of the spirit. Maybe for some we're expecting a prophetic word for our church, but God's wanting to give you the prophetic word. The gift is there. You can start to unwrap it. Maybe there's some pictures that God's sharing right now. Let's not sit on them. Let's share them. You can send them through in your connect group coordinator as a video, or you can just share it on the chat right now. Let's rise into the gifts that God's got for us. They're there before us. Come, Holy Spirit. People saying they can just sense God's peace. I wonder if you if you can feel something tangible right now. Maybe there's a peace. Maybe maybe there's just a heat that's coming on you as God's God's glory just falls. We just ask for and we're not we're not we're not wanting an experience of you. We want an encounter. 
everyone just want to share what they're experiencing as they encounter God right now. Stillness. Yeah, God multiplies as we step in. Multiplication as the disciples give out those uh, fish and loaves. They have to step into that miracle. It's great stuff. Come Holy Spirit. So if there's anyone else that wants to share, you can jump in. Come Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage some this morning. I just, I think as I, I spoke earlier on, just something struck me as I was speaking it. And it was that, that you don't feel worthy for the presence of God. You're convinced that you're not good enough for God. Maybe God is angry. You're convinced that God, you know, as I spoke about uh, learning to hear the voice of God, you've, you've got to the point where you feel God doesn't speak to me. He speaks to others, but he won't speak to me. I encourage you this morning. That's not the heart of God. God reveals himself, moves, he reveals his nature. And as he describes himself, he's slow to anger, rich in love, abounding in faithfulness. You need to ask right now, Ask to hear his voice. Maybe stand up, leave that, that thought behind. Take a step of faith. Take a step in, of faith into the identity that he's already given you, which is you're a child based on what he has done. We sang how deep the father's love for us, not because we've performed and do it amazingly, but because of who Jesus is and what he has done. And that you're not overlooked, you're seen. God is speaking. It's just not as complicated as you think it is. It's not as complex a word as you think it is. He's rejoicing over you with his love. He's quietening you with his presence. Ian, do you want to share? Yeah, just um, it's, it's really helpful this morning, John. And I think as you're right, this real sense of God's peace and presence. Uh, with us this morning and uh, I just want to pick up on those uh, two comments really about the multiplication from Lorraine and um, Eddie and Maureen I think there's something that uh, it's interesting that you use those those words and pick up on that I think God's wanting us to to multiply um what we have in the sense of we bring what we have but it's that that bringing to Jesus is the invitation to partner with him and to step into what he's wanting to do so in in that passage Jesus had in mind the five five thousand people that were before him and i think he knew what he, he wanted to do he he but he required the disciples to take that step 
towards him and bring the very little that they had. And I, I think, Lorraine, you, you, you mentioned there um, that the multiplication happened as they, as they distributed the, the loaves and the fish. And it's almost, we, you know, John, you said a couple of times this morning, we can wait until we've got everything before we move, or do we go, go with what we have and see what God does? And so often, the, I think fear holds us back. The fear of failure, the fear of making mistakes, whatever I get it wrong, whatever I haven't heard right, what if, what if God didn't really speak? Um, and we can get caught up with so many kind of, of anxieties about stepping into what God has. And I, and I don't think, I don't think following Jesus is, is, a, is, is a tightrope. It's a narrow path, but it's not a tightrope. It's not something that he's looking to try and trip us up on. And I think if our hearts are postured towards obedience and to doing what he requires and what he desires, then actually I think he gives us a great amount of grace to have a go and explore the, all that he's putting into, into our hearts. And so I just want to encourage you, don't, don't, be, um, don't be held back by fear. Don't be held back by the fear of failure. Um, and I think that's the, one of the biggest things things that cripples us in, uh, in 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 stepping into the things that god has is that we're we're, we're sometimes afraid to to just miss it um right heart before him right obe- uh, an attitude of obedience and trust him you know john you've you, you've said that this morning trust him and i think this, this is where we are uh, and the other thing that was um that was really stirring in my heart as you were talking about that um there is a, this is intentional actions. Uh, so, you know, we, we put off the old stuff and we put on the new. You know, we've got to get rid of some of the old, old ways and old patterns um, and we have to identify them. And sometimes, you know, you know, you can see my, my wardrobe's behind me. I've got some old clothes that are comfortable, but actually I never wear, but they're still there and they're taking up space. They're taking up room. Um, we have to get rid of some of the old in order to make way for the new. And so maybe this morning, I just want to encourage you to do a bit of a, an audit of your wardrobe. What's some of the old stuff that you need to get rid of and what's some of the new things that God's inviting you to step into because he's already provided it. He's already given it Put off and put on. That's what the apostle Paul tells us. So, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to get rid of that old stuff. Um, so, I don't know, John, can I just pray? Is that, yeah. Um, Father, I thank you that you are, um, you're stirring something in us through this series that John is, yeah, it is uh, bringing to us. But I thank you that you call us to step into the things that you've, you've already prepared for us. You've already invited us into. For whatever has been stirred in, in our hearts this morning, whatever you've highlighted um, in, in us. Uh, may we not just think, oh, that's a nice moment. But Lord, may we take the moment where you've spoken, where you've whispered into our hearts and minds and, and, and stirred something in us to move. Lord, may we do something with it today. May we not wait till tomorrow, but may we do something with it today. That we may step into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. John, I don't know whether you want to pick up on anything at this moment or whether we go to... Um, Be- uh, Becky, I wonder whether actually it'd be quite nice um, if 
I, I know we've gone slightly over our normal time, but just if you could lead with a song and give just a moment, why don't you take a moment as, as we sing this song, as Becky plays, to write down or put down any notes or thoughts that God's been stirring in your heart that you need to take some action on. And then we'll come back, just give you a few notices, and then we'll close our service together. So thanks, Becky. troubled heavy hearted come to Jesus and find your peace if you're run down empty handed come to Jesus and find your strength he is Hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary, help for the hurting, he is, he is, mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you need.
Thanks, Becky, for uh, leading us just in that uh, lovely song. Um, just, the, the, uh, just as we come to a close, we just want to let you know about a couple of things that you need to know about. For everything else, please sign up to the newsletter, which comes out weekly, or go to the Facebook page. You'll keep up to date with all the information that way. But just to say that um, next week it's Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to watch a video in a moment to close, which is an invitation to gather with um, many, many churches and denominations are, are across the UK uh, as we celebrate Pentecost in a prayer initiative in the in the afternoon next week. But also the uh, at the end of this month is our in-person gathering uh, at the end of May. Now that is that is currently fully booked, but we want to encourage you to sign up and go onto the waiting list because we do a number of spaces will will and have come available where they've already been filled by somebody on on waiting list. So. Please do uh, register your interest for that. And we do hope that by the end of June, uh, restrictions will be lifted and there'll be, there'll be no need to register, uh, but we'll be able to gather in person at the end of June with no restrictions. Now, we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, with, with COVID over the next, next few weeks, but uh, that's the plan. So thank you so much for being with us um, this morning online. I, I, I know we can't, I can't wait to be able to be in the same room face-to-face, worshipping together and encouraging one another in Lord. But um, this is is not the second best. This is a means of which God is using uh, for us to continue in community together. So thanks for being with us today. Phil, if you want to show this video and then we'll come to a close. Thank you. God bless. And God said, let there be light. And then there was light. On Sunday, 23rd of May, 2021, nations, cultures, peoples, and colors shall collide in a beautiful fusion of worship and prayer as the global church unites across Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, and the Isles. Thousands shall come together at 2 p.m. on Pentecost Sunday in one accord. Register for virtual Pentecost today. It promises to be a historic gathering as thousands meet to pray healing, repentance, unity, renewal, and restoration for our land. Join in today by visiting www.virtualpentecost.com.